doing? Wow, 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 wow. What an amazing presence of the Lord with us this morning. So sweet, so sweet, so sweet. Uh, well, first of all, before we do anything, uh, we want to uh, call Ariana Galina Bento de Souza up on the platform. Uh, we want to install uh, her as our worship leader. Honey, would you please join me? Uh, you, she's been the worship director now for over a year. Last year in February, uh, many of you know, Jamie stepped down as the worship director. And we, we, Ariana took over as worship director, but we have failed to properly install her. So today is that day that we want to put her out before the congregation. We want you to extend your hands as we lay our hands because uh, it's important that we do this, that we set the house in order, you know, that we, we know who is leading us and that we, we bring our efforts to bear to support those in leadership in the same way that you guys pray for us and we covet your prayers Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't thank you enough for praying for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your worship director. Pray for the children's church directors. Pray for the head usher. Pray for all of the leadership here at Redeeming Love because so as goes the leadership, so goes the body. And so we want, I want, I'll be um, a little selfish here. I want the best worship in the capital region and possibly New York State and even the East Coast. That's what I want. No pressure. So I'm going to pray for her. Well, the pressure's not on her. The pressure's on you. You guys got to pray. See, because as you pray, God answers prayer. I believe that we have a God. The Bible, my Bible, or I guess stop preaching. My Bible says, except I can't. My Bible says you have not because you ask not. John 15, anyone? 16? You have not because you ask not. I'm asking. I want the best worship on the East Coast. Yeah. I'll take it. All right, come on, let's pray. Stretch out your hands. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you for Ariana. God, we, uh, we know the word, the name Ariana actually means uh, melody from God. Mm. It actually means, that's the meaning of her name. Father, we pray. She has such an anointing over her life for worship. This isn't like, I'm not, this isn't prophetic. I, you can just listen and you know. There is such an anointing on her life for worship. And Lord, we pray the blessing of God to just come upon her, Lord. Father, we as the church, we support her. We cover her. God, we, we, uh, we stop every evil plan that might be against her. And God, we just say, bring her into the fullness of your glory, Lord, that she could minister from that place. And Lord, that all of our worship would be elevated to your throne room, Lord. God, we thank you, God. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over her, God. I just hear the Lord saying, thank you. Thank you for, um, I gave you the talent, um, but so many people have squandered the talent of, um, of beauty and of melody and of worship and the Lord is saying, thank you. Thank you for being obedient and for giving me the worship. 
Lord, I just pray a blessing over her right now, God, that you're going to take her to another level, Lord God. Lord, that she has solely given her life to you, that you alone are the one that she worships and adores, and you have seen that. And Lord, that as she leads in worship, as she brings her adoration to you, that we as the congregation get to come into that, that she has paved the way, Lord, to uh, open heaven. And that we get to come in and surround and support her right now, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this open heaven, Lord, brings in and ushers in your presence, God. I thank you that she has found you in that secret place, God. She she has cried out to you. She has um, just spent hours in your word, Lord God. I see her just sitting at your feet just saying, God, I want more of you. And just pouring out the gifting that you have given her. This voice, God, that you gave her from the moment she drew her first breath, Lord God. Yes, God. That, Lord, through the days, that the time that she draws her last breath, that she would use it to worship and praise you. Lord, we thank you, God, that she is set apart, that she is for you, and that she has said yes to you, God. A blessing, Lord God. I just thank you that you are going to increase, God. Increase this anointing on her, Lord God. Increase through her vocal, Lord God, through her talent that is from you, God. You're taking her to another level, Lord Jesus, of anointing. We thank you, God, that you have seen her, that you have heard her. And Lord, (laughs) that it has given us an open place, an open door, an open heaven to your throne room, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that she goes in front of the congregation, that the warfare was done before she even shows up here on a a Sunday morning, Lord God, and that we get to just reap the benefits, God. So we come along her as redeeming love. We come along her, God, and we just say thank you, and we bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. On the day that she was born, (laughs) my wife couldn't stand the sound of a baby's cry. And as we were in the hospital and she was in labor, we could hear babies down the hall crying. And she wanted to, like, not hear that. She was was aggravated by that sound. Like, it's a good thing that they were further away. But the moment that she was born and she began to cry, she released the sweet sound of the anointing that's on her voice. So much so that my wife was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Now, she had already been baptized. But my wife, filled with the Holy Spirit in that moment, after having given birth to her, begins to speak in tongues. And the nurse is like, are you okay? Because they have no idea what's going on. And, you know, if we don't understand what, what's going on in the spirit, we could just see these series of events and be like, oh, it's just, that was weird. That was nothing. But this is, this is God. This is the way God moves. This is what God does. And, and our job as believers is to recognize what the Holy Spirit's doing and to partner with what the Holy Spirit's doing. Uh, we want... I, I mean, I could try and do things on my own and I'll have a measure of success because, you know, that's just the way that things work. But if I partner with the Holy Spirit and I, and I put my efforts to bear on what he's doing, I'm going to have great success. Um, I'm going to call Linda up in a minute 
Linda's going to share this morning. But before I call her up, um, you know, I talk to a lot of pastors for a lot of different reasons. And do you, do you guys know that it's not common to see the number of healings that we see here in our church? Do you know that that's not common in a lot of other churches, that, 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 that it doesn't happen as often as it, it happens here? Somebody shake your head. Somebody interact. Did you know that that's not, do you know why? And, and, it, and it boggles my mind. And yet in the same, in the same moment, it's also like just uh, satisfying to my heart. Healing's not hard. Healing's not difficult. It's not, it's not at all. Healing is actually just an overflow of his presence. It's just when God is in the room, that's just what he does. That's who he is. If we go back to the first healing that happened here, the first healing that happened here was supernatural in worship. Nobody prayed for anybody. We were in worship and someone just got healed. And so then we prayed for that similar need throughout the congregation. We saw five more people healed of their knees. Why? Because the presence of God was in the room to heal. And then we just put a demand on the spirit. We, we learn to walk with what he's doing. And so we are people of his presence. We want to host. We want to learn. We need to learn to host the presence of God. When we learn to host the presence of God, all of this stuff just happens. God happens in the room. In 2019, that was the year that, the, um, that that first healing came, and we, I started tracking things, and we started moving and you know, chasing this, this down a little bit. In 2019, um, before that happened, several times throughout the year, Stacy and I had heard this sound during worship. And we looked at one another and we're, we heard this sound. The first, the first week, I thought somebody was singing. And I'm like, who's singing? And I'm looking, I'm looking. And afterwards, Stacy's like, no, that was, that was spiritual. And so three times we heard this sound and we're like, there's angels here. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Charlie came in January 2020 that year. We haven't gotten locked down from COVID yet. And Charlie said he was here in worship. I'm quoting somebody else because I want you to know that it's not just me. And he came in 2020 and he said he's in worship and he heard this sound. He said, Lord, what's that sound? And the Lord answered him and said, they've invited my presence. And so the presence of God is here. And so because the presence of God is here, healing just, healing just flows. It's easy. It's easy. And so the presence of God can be in your life. It can just be in your life. And so now no matter where you go, it's just easy. Healing is just a dimension of the kingdom. And we'll walk in every dimension of the kingdom when we're in his presence. His presence doesn't just have to happen here on a Sunday morning. It's great that it does, and I'm glad that it does, and it's here, and it's supernatural, and it's wonderful, and I want to be here every time the doors are open because I don't ever want to miss what God is doing because God is going to do something supernaturally amazing within these four walls. I can tell. I can feel it coming. God is doing something amazing. It's going to overflow. It's going to have a ripple effect. I don't know, you know, I mean, we're all, I mean, many of you are probably watching what's going on at Asbury, right? Bring it here, Lord. Bring it here, Lord. It's going to happen. 
and it's wonderful and I want it, but we can also be a people that walk out into the earth with it and we can bring the presence of God everywhere I go. Before I get ahead of myself, I'm gonna call Linda up. She's got some stuff that she wants to share this morning. Come on up, Linda. Linda, I've been tracking the Asbury thing a little bit. I know a little bit about it. She's been tracking it a little bit more. She's done some, some, some researching and stuff. And, you know, um, I want to say this as she's coming. Uh, when, we, when I first started this series on the presence of God, hosting God's presence, I said, hey, Linda, do you have anything to share? And there's, there's maybe a handful of people in the room that I would believe that host the presence of God uh, better than I do. A handful. And Linda's definitely one of them, right? So I, I trust her. I know that the presence of God goes with her. Uh, Charlie had a word for her one time that she was like Enoch, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, presence of God. Presence of God is with her. When she's, when she's in the room, I'm like, yes, Lord. I just, I become encouraged when I see people, right? I see you guys and I know and I'm encouraged. And the more of us that are here, the more encouraged I am. And so I know that Linda walks in the presence. I know that she shares the presence. She ebbs it if you ever get around her. This is why her prayers are just, you know. Uh, so Linda, take your liberty, share. Uh, we got to get you a mic. I didn't expect that. Thank you. I wear no crown. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, I just appreciate this opportunity to just share a little bit. Um, not that good at speaking, but when the Lord puts something on your heart, you have to kind of just lend yourself. Um, Angelia, um, praying for the young people this week at our uh, Wednesday morning prayer, I knew she had something to pray for the schools, and boy, she went in so deep with that prayer. That prayer just was so deep, because we are believing God for um, a move of the Spirit in the young people, and um, that's what this revival is all about. And so I, I want to read you this um, one testimony, and um, let me just pull this up here. And then share a few scriptures with you that the Lord's put on my heart. And this particular testimony happens to be a seminary professor who visited the meeting. And I'm not so sure he's from the school. But this is what he said. Two things stood out to me. First, there was a noticeable lack of tension in my body. Uh, let me just back up just for a minute. Um, this revival that is taking place in Kentucky has um, it started I guess on January or February 8th and it started with a few young people just um, staying after their chapel and they decided to just stay and linger a little bit longer and as they did they began to pray and they began to repent they began to get on their faces and they began to um, just come before the Lord in a very humble way and just ask God to forgive them of um, sins, of things, distractions, all kinds of things like that in their life. And um, this thing just began to grow. And it began to grow. And now people are coming from everywhere, coming to this. And it's gone to 22 different colleges um, have come now to this revival in Kentucky, a very small town of 5,000 people, a college town. And they came to this revival 
to get an impartation and take it back to their schools. There's something about an impartation and taking it back, and, and, and I love it. It's just all flowing today with what um, Stacy bringing the young people up here because I think it's for more than just college students. I think it's going to be high schools, elementary. God's going to touch this gender, generation. And the, the enemy won't steal what God's got his hand on. Amen. So glad. I, I pray more and more young people come. More and more young people break in. Okay, so the two things, this is the professor, the two things that stood out to me. First, when he gets there, he says, there's a noticeable lack of tension in my body. Boy, how many people need that? I was completely relaxed. There was also a complete lack of mental tension or distraction. My mind was at utter peace. I had only been there for 10 minutes. The second thing I recall thinking is that I could sit here in this chair forever. <laughs> wow. I just cry when I hear these things. Suddenly, work was the farthest thing from my mind. I wound up staying for well over an hour. And I just want to share, I wasn't going to share this part of what he said, but since um, Stacy gave that word about our minds. I think you need to hear it. In the time that I was there, I could not get over certain distinctive qualities about the atmosphere. The words that came to mind were gentle, sweet, peaceful, serene, tender, and still. Wow. How many people need a mind like that? How many of us want a mind like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We all need that kind of mind. Amen. That darkness can't break through that light, that kind of light. And then he says, the peacefulness in this place is so palatable that the first 10 minutes had made an impression on me that will last the remainder of my life. Wow. wow. Amen. Ten minutes. And I've heard this before, that people had gone to different um, outpourings and revivals and came back, and they were changed to the point where their prayer lives were not the same. And that's what I want to talk about just a little bit, is that God has a place and a position for every one of us. Every one of you are important. Every one of you have a part of something that God is doing in the earth. Every single person, and no matter who you are, every one of you, God's calling. Every one of us calling. And I believe that he wants to bring this kind of a revival. Everybody's, people are running to Kentucky, but some are saying... God, do it here. Um, Cleveland, um, Tennessee, Lee University is a Christian school. And um, eight heard about Tennessee. Eight students got together, started praying together. They said, God, do it here. And the spirit of God began to come. Cancels, can, canceling classes. That's what's happening in Kentucky. One of the students, went to the, when it first started, went to her professor and said, I'm not coming to your class. He said, what? No. Nope. We're going to the chapel. Revival is there. He said, I got a little mad. He said, but I went. I said, let me see what's going on. He goes in there, and he said, my arms shoot up in the air, and I'm on the floor, and I can't move. He said, Can cancel all the classes. 
cancel all the classes. And this is what happens when revival comes like that. Things get canceled. Our plans get canceled. You know, in the Bible, uh, Luke 14, it talks about the end of the chapter. So this wealthy man gives the dinner. And he says to his servant, go and call everybody to come and take their place at the dinner. But everybody's got an excuse. My car broke down. My wife needs me. Every kind of an excuse. And you know what? The truth is they're really good excuses. They're good things. But good things can hold us back from the greatest thing that God wants to do in our life from the great thing that he wants to be put, wants to pour out. And so sometimes we got to push aside some things and we got to make room for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we got to make some room because God's calling us to a deep, intimate place, to a place where he wants to pour out his glory. But sometimes the truth is we don't all have time. I'll catch you later, God. Yeah, I know you're calling me. I know you want me to pray. I know you want me to seek you, but you know what? Here's my list. And, and I just believe that God will pass by some places that are too busy. But redeeming love, we're not going to be too busy. We're going into the 40-day fast. We're going to set some time aside for Jesus to come. We're going to seek him because he's calling us into a deep place of his presence. And this can transform our prayer life. This can transform what was maybe a little boring and wrote, can bring us into an intimacy where we don't even want to leave. And we're looking, when we have to leave, we're looking to get back there. Every chance we can, we're looking to get back. God's calling us, and we all got to be a part of it. We all got to press in. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 11, the, vi um, the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Are we going to take it? Are we going to be, are our prayers going to be a little more violent to take the kingdom, to bring the kingdom into this region, to bring the kingdom into New York State and the whole capital region? Maybe we, maybe we were saying this morning, because the Asbury revival, um, go, they've had many revivals. They, 1970, I, I think you shared, 2006. Um, and then it goes way back to 19, I think, 05 or 03, something like that. And then it goes way back to um, the man's name was Asbury. I don't know his first name. He was a circuit rider for, in um, 1800s. Went all through, traveled 270,000 miles on horseback preaching the gospel. Nothing could stop him. Many died doing the same thing. And that's what this university is named after because he brought that awakening. He brought the awakening. See, the seed was in the ground, and we were saying there's got to be some seed in this ground. There's got to be some seed here in redeeming love, and there's got to be some seed. There's a reason this church has still lasted. There's a reason it's still here. There's got to be a reason. And, you know, I've heard about revival. We started at um, First Assembly in the 70s when I first got saved. And we would hear about revival, you know, and many would say, but there's no hope for Troy. But you know what? God never gives up. God never gives up. And these young people that are um, all coming into the kingdom now and colleges and, um, well, you know, 22 years ago, a man by the name of Dutch Sheets had a vision 
after 9-11, he went into to do a Bible study. He couldn't do the Bible study. He went into an open vision, and he saw all the colleges now getting saved. The kids were getting saved. Kids were getting on fire. Some of them, you know, some of these kids, he said, didn't even really know about the Bible. So that means it's going to go past the Christian universities, and it's going to go into the other universities. And the devil won't get this, this um, with everything that's going on, with all this woke stuff. The devil's not going to win. He's not going to win. We're going to claim this generation. We're going to claim revival coming on this earth. So let me just share a couple of scriptures, and uh, maybe Pastor Matt wants to take over. I could have done this. On <laughs> Wow, you guys are great. Thank you. Um, so this is um, Habakkuk, um, chapter 2. He says, um, the first couple of verses here, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. And then the Lord answered me, and he said, so I just want to stop right there for one minute. I will, when I am reproved, I will reply. He's repenting, okay? That's the humble, low position of repentance right there by this prophet. He's taken the low place. He's going low before God. You know, God is, in order for him to move, he's going to need us to go low. He's going to need us to, to come down humble. It's the humble, you know. And so, and then he answers, record the vision, inscribe it on the tablets, that the one who reads it will run with it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It, it, it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. Come on, come on, come on. It, it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delayed. And so this is what we're waiting. This is it right here. He says, though it tarries, wait for it. God put us in the position to wait, to not give up. To stand until we see the glory of God come. And then he says in the same chapter, verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The glory is beginning to come. The glory's being poured out. Hallelujah. The glory's coming. We can all be a part of guarding something, guarding it. As we pray, do you know when we pray, when we seek the Lord, do you know you weaken demonic forces? You weaken those forces that want to come in. Your prayer is stronger than you even think your prayer is. You're, you have power when you pray. You have power, and you're weakening the devils that want to come in because they can't stand against the power that you had when you pray. Don't ever give up. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go to Isaiah um, 58 here, 57, 14. He says, Isaiah says, 
Build up, build up, prepare the way. Remove every obstacle out of the way of my people. And when we pray, we're clearing a pathway. We're going to remove those obstacles, those distractions, those things that the enemy wants to get us hung up on. No, we need to, we need to prepare. God is going to come on that pathway. God is going to visit his people. He's going to remove those obstacles. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever and whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and a holy place and also with the contrite and the lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. God's coming to revive us. God's going to come. He's going to revive us. We're going to talk about it. We're going to focus ourselves for us, for it. We're going to set a little more time aside for praying for revival to come to our region, to our churches, to our young people, to our schools, to our colleges. Come on, RPI. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, we got some colleges in this region. We got some on-fire students trying to break into those colleges. We're going to see it happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We praise you, God, because you're coming. You're not leaving us out, God. Hallelujah. God, I pray, Father, that you just pour oil over us, God. Pour a, a fiery oil. Lord, we want a we wanna fiery oil poured out in our region, over our personal lives, over our church. God, we thank you for the presence that here, that's here. But God, we want more. We want more of you, Jesus. Come, Lord, revive us. Come, Lord. Come, Lord, we pray. Bring us into that place. Show us whatever displeases you. Whatever comes between us and you. Take it out, God. Take it out, God. It's not worth it. You're worth it. Heaven's worth it. We want our names to be known in those fiery courts of heaven. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. We thank you, every one of us, God. We thank you for the good things you're pouring out. We thank you for the good, for the healings, God. The bodies being healed. God, we love you today. We praise you. Come in your manifest presence. Manifest yourself. Let us see that Shekinah glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Amen. Amen. You know, I've read as much as I possibly can about what's going on at Asbury. I read every uh, article that I see, everything that I find, every comment that I read, anything on Facebook. I read it all, the good and the bad, because I, I want to I wanna get an honest assessment of what's going on. I want to see what it is. Is it revival? What is revival? There's people that would say that it is revival. There's other people that say that it's not. The question is, is the question we got to ask is, what is, what is revival? You know what? I think that too many Christians are way too uptight about fearing to label something something when we don't even have the same definition of what that thing is. 
Is it revival? Wait, well, let's stop. Wait, what is revival? I like the words that Linda used. God is reviving his people. So if God is reviving his people, I might think that we might be in revival. I think, I think we could really make it simple. It doesn't have to be that difficult. You know, we don't have to make a list of things you need to see in order to know. Revival is when God revives his people. <laughs> I know, it's so simple. <laughs> I read an article and the guy said uh, they were there and, you know, they didn't, they didn't uh, see repentance and they didn't hear the gospel preached. Well, how long were you there? Because I've read other reports that said that it has. They were there for, it's been going on for over 10 days. I understand, I don't know, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I understand that they closed down the room last night at 1 a.m. And they were reopening today at 12 in order to just like reset the room and clean things up and that kind of stuff. Does that anybody confirm that or deny that? All right, somebody said yes, that's true. So it has gone on for over 10 days. If you were there for two hours and it's gone on for 10 days, it's gone on for 240 hours. And if you were there for two hours, you weren't even there for 1% of it. And you're going to judge it? Not being there? For, don't get me going. I have to maintain some composure. So I read these things. I refuse to comment on them because I'm not going to get into that. Read another article. Uh, demon manifested there. Why do demons manifest? Because the presence of God is there. <laughs> presence of God comes in the room. Demons aren't going to be happy. And so demon manifests. They cast the demon out. That's awesome. You know, and Linda said it, and it's not, it's not just Asbury. That's just one. It's in other colleges. I've read reports of not only that one other one, but there's like a dozen other colleges where this is starting to happen. Um, you know, we're, we're connected with Bethel. We were there a bit ago. And while we were there, there was a girl that was being touched by the Holy Spirit right? And she was being touched by the Holy Spirit in excess of 84 hours straight while she slept, after she got up, but they could sleep again, right? 80, in excess of 84 hours. This was the last number that, that we heard. There's stirrings of the Holy Spirit going on. The, uh, there's a, we're part of a, a group, and this, one of the guys within our group is from Maine, and they've seen the Shekinah glory cloud show up in their church, the cloud of glory show up in their church. It's the cloud of glory that we read uh, just a few weeks ago that showed up in the temple where the priest couldn't stand to minister because the glory cloud was so strong. It's coming here, guys. We're on the list. <laughs> it's coming. If you can just stretch out and feel it, you don't even have to question. This isn't news to you. Um, there's another uh, outpouring going on in Carolina that friends of ours... Are, uh, people that we know have gone down to see in Carolina. Uh, this is God went on in Asbury. We know another couple that were like, let's go. They jumped in their car and they just drove there. They're like, we're, we're in. Uh, this, is, this is who we are. Um, years ago, we drove 17, uh, 14 hours with our camper, with a whole bunch of kids, as many as we could fit. And we went to um, the call relaunch in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Then uh, we took two carloads of people to, uh, drove 17 hours to um, Nashville, uh, Tennessee, 777, why, to fast and pray for 12 hours in 98 degree heat. Why? Because the presence of God is going to be there. 
I, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm, I, I just want the presence of God. I, if you've ever been 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the presence of God, and I, it, is an, it is a thing that you will remember for the rest of your life. I shared this just a couple weeks ago. There was a moment that I had right here on the floor. I remember that moment. I can still point to it today. I remember that moment. I will never forget it. Pastor Tom tells the story of when he was in Prospect Park. The Lord visited him, and he has gone for 40-plus years. I'm 49 years old. 49 years now. He got saved the year I was born. For 49 years in the strength of that one meeting in the presence of the Lord. This is, this is the presence of the Lord that we want. I'm not happy with just the, the, the status quo. I want more. I want more. I've got a couple scriptures here. I want to read at least one of them, maybe two. Romans 12, 11 out of the Passion Translation says, Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. We're people that are supposed to be passionate. The scripture that, that, that Linda read, Habakkuk 2, make the vision plain that he may run who reads it. What's running? Running's about passion. There's a passion involved. You read something and you're like, I'll make, I'm going. You're passionate about that. Keep the passion. It, uh, New King James says, do not be lagging in diligence. Keep your passion. The human heart only has so much capacity for passion. What are you going to spend your passion on? Because once we spend it, we run out of it and we can't spend our passion on something else. I've made the decision of what I'm spending my passion on. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that shall I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. The presence of God is my passion. It is first and foremost, and there is nothing else. Everything, everything else is just in support of this one thing, right? It's all in support of one thing, presence of God. That's the passion of my heart. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you haven't drank, if you haven't eaten, if you haven't tasted of the pleasures of God, of the joy of God, then you have no idea what I'm talking about and you think that I'm crazy. But I'm not. Once you touch, once you taste, just, just press through and just touch the hem of his garment. I'm telling you what. this